1: Hello and welcome to the Rams Talk podcast preview show. Um, This week we're talking all things O's as uh, we go to Leighton Orient this weekend. Um, A a, a tie that we've not really come accustomed to. Um, It's quite new to us, uh, travelling down to London. Um, and uh, to talk it all through with me, I thought, what better way to uh, then get a fan who's there every single week, home and away? Um, I've got Liam O'Brien uh, with me, uh, who's going to talk me all things Orient and uh, get me up to date with an opposition that I'm not really best uh, known with. Uh, how are you, Paul? Uh,
2: not too bad. Cheers, Callum. Yeah, uh, doing well, uh, licking the wounds from uh, from the FA Cup game against Chesterfield, and uh, yeah.
1: Go from there, go from there. Well, I said, when, when you look at, um, you mentioned there, we, we talked about it previously, just before we uh, we went live. I mean, it, FA Cups are always those kind of odds odd fixtures, where, especially when you come up against a lower league opposition and you kind of look and go, do we want to progress and go in a cup run and then possibly have a big uh, team in, there in the latest, latter stages? Or... Do we just want to get out of it and, and focus on the league? I mean, a result 1-0 uh, uh, defeats the Chesterfield. I mean, is that real cause for concern? Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, um, you you were there in attendance. What, what do you think of the performance and how, how do you go from there going forward?
2: Well, the, the whole match day was a bit of a weird one. We started off, there was a big snowstorm. So we sort of all got on the train up, not knowing if the game's going ahead. And then the third round draw was on before kickoff, so before we even we were even at the ground, we knew that our fate lies uh, Watford away, um, which was I wouldn't call it celebrations, but it was it, w- it was a fairly good tie. Um, it's always possibility that that one could be put on TV, so always the murmurs. But I mean, before the season started, our board were very vocal about the fact that they want survival and they want a bit of a cup run and the fact that we're out, we were in, we started the season in three cups and we're out of all of them by first weekend of December, um, is worrying, but the most worrying thing was, as you said, I was in attendance and for the whole 90 minutes, there was a serious lack of effort. Um, mm, and that's yeah. not something that I've come, become used to with Leighton Orient, um, in the last six or seven years. Um, even when you know, close to administration, the one thing we always had was we had players given a hundred and ten percent every week and for the first time yesterday because you can you can lose games, you can be outplayed. You know, this is a new division, you know, we're playing teams like yourselves, uh Portsmouth, Charlton. If you get outplayed in the game and you lose the game, you can walk away saying they were the better team. But for I, I would go as far and say pretty much every single player on the pitch didn't give as much as they could have and that, that's a real shame as a supporter who is willing to travel hundreds of miles every week to see players that obviously we know that they care, but if they're not showing it on the pitch, then what good is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I say, when, when you go as fans, you kind of go... That The minimum thing you need is effort, isn't it, from your team, um, especially when you say you're going away to uh, to games and especially braving the elements as they were at the weekend. You kind of go, well, the minimum you can give us is 100% effort. If we get beaten on the day by a better team is what it is. But, I mean, was that really when you look at losing to a lower league opposition, you kind of look at it and go, yeah, you put things in perspective and you go... Could just be a bad day at the office, but as you say, with that lack of effort, is that a cause concern? Maybe that it's not the management that he's quite lost the dressing room, haven't gone quite that far, but it is something that it might just uh, click a red flag into your head and go, This isn't something we've seen before.
2: Well, listen, Chesterfield, you know, um, we'd already seen them in the first round, they beat. Pompey in front of thousands of people live on TV. Mm. They're a mile clear at the top of the National League. They're not your standard non-league team. There's a lot more embarrassing teams we could have lost to in that draw, but it was the manner <laughs> of the defeat which was agonising. And I think it's it's not... When it comes to a performance like that, you can't blame a single player or a single member of staff or the owner or director of football, whatever. It's a collective responsibility um, which... I think, has started trickling on over the last few weeks. You know, we're windless in eight or nine now um, Mm. after what I would call a good start to season. I think we were three points off playoffs um, at the end of October, which is Mm. I certainly did not expect to be that high in the table at any point during the season. Um, I think where we are now is a bit more realistic to where we should be. But the, the manner of the way which the performance is have been getting worse and worse, crowds have been becoming restless, Um, you know, players and staff less willing to interact with the fans at the end of games. It's just a bit, it's a bit of a collective nightmare at the moment, which, you know, hopefully we can get out of um, sooner rather than later. But it's, uh, it's just been trickling on and getting slowly worse and worse as the weeks have come on lately.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's something that you're not quite sure of. You're in that patch of form at the moment that has brought you probably back down to where you think you should be maybe going into the season. But I mean, the start you had, the season you had last season coming up. I mean, Richie Wellens is uh, kind of a staple mate with you guys um, mm. and the and, He's much, much loved. I mean, do you see the, the the last few weeks and the last few games just slightly tarnishing that a little bit? Or is it just really, it's just one of them, you're going to hit a bad patch of form and, and you've got to stick behind him and the lads and you just got to go from there?
2: The last person at the club, which I'd, I'd speak down, um, no matter what run, no matter what the season ends, mm. would be Richard Wellens because of when he took over as manager, we were third from bottom in League Two. And in 18 months, he won us that league. And it was only really with four or five signings, half of which were loan signings, and the other half realistically were panic buyers because of injuries we had last season. Um, You know, This summer, obviously, he had to make a lot more changes because we went up and we lost, undeniably, our two best players, uh, Paul Smith and Lawrence Vigarou, to teams higher up in the divisions, which that's not something you can control. But luckily, we managed to keep everybody else that was out of contract or that had interest from other clubs. Um, but when you have to rehash a squad like that and bring in players that you assume are going to be able to make the the jump up a division and they haven't quite made that jump, uh, at least not yet anyway. you know We've got quite a few young players, quite a few low knees and you don't expect them to get right every single week. Um, but it's a, it starts to become a problem when they're getting it wrong every week, and it's the same players doing it pretty much every week. And, you know, any player can look at our squad. If you watch even the games we're not playing well in, you can single out the players that have class. You can single out the players that are on loan from mm. from higher-end teams in the Championship or in the Premier League. Um, and you can single out the players who maybe weren't necessarily the manager's first-choice sign-in uh or maybe in the in the squad due to injuries because we do have a few injuries, especially at the top end of the pitch. Um yeah. Uh it's a bit of an issue when you've got as many issues as we had up front in a single space of time. But when players get brought in the squad on the bench we expect them to be fire and fit with effort. And as I keep going back to my previous point, pretty much all of our strikers sort of fit played against Chesterfield and none of them showed effort. So
1: yeah, and I, when you're looking at, you, you didn't really put out a weakened team. I mean, the, yeah, you won one draw against uh, Wigan at home. I mean, I'm looking at the lineup. um recognise a few players from the, the title-winning season. You've got uh, Mizuni, um there in the middle. Um, you've got Archie uh, Archibald. There's some couple of decent players who really, really wrong song last year and and Mm. took you to that title winning season. Uh, I mean, just talk me through a couple of the players that have played this year who've maybe just been a bit back and forth. Talk me through a couple of players that you might see as a a derby to be a threat. Uh,
2: Well, I think one player that will stand out and I don't think you'll find any audience supporter that will disagree with me is Iljus Albizuni. I mean, Mm. he is class above, not just our squad, but he's class above the midfield, every midfield that we've played. And we've played, you know, we've played Portsmouth and lost. We've played Stevenage and lost both those games quite badly. And even in those games, he stood out. Uh, Maybe not necessarily in his best patch form at the moment, um, which, you know, I'm not complaining about because the African Cup of Nations is coming up soon and there's sort of uh, murmurs that he might get called up for that. Um, Obviously, from a selfish point of view, I hope he doesn't because that'll be (laughs) two or three weeks in the busy winter period that we'll miss by far and away our best player, on the ball and off the ball because he he's simply just everywhere um another player we've got Brandon Cooper uh, online from Swansea who was brought in again probably wasn't the manager's first choice was it was a deadline day loan uh and I mean he's just hit the ground running uh, and he's been a stalwart at the back in a fairly leaky defense you know we conceded four to Portsmouth three to Stevenage um you know we've there's been many games where We've conceded fairly poor goals from set pieces, but even in a in a leaky defence, he has stood out. And uh, I'd say aerially dominant is a key word because he he's always up there in both boxes from set pieces and uh, anything he can get his head on, yeah, is cleared perfectly.
1: Yeah, I mean when you look at players like Mazzoni, I mean he was linked with uh, teams like ourselves. I mean, when you look at the manage to keep him going from the title to winning season, you kind of go, well, you've not done too bad to make him stick around. He must like the place and he must like the fans and he must like the way Welland plays him uh, in the way he is because he is, um, for me, quite one of the standout players um, within the league. I mean, when you look at, the way you play, I mean, I'm looking at its it three four three? Uh, Wellens likes to play at the moment. I don't know if that's uh, that's one one of the apps that uh, I've yeah. managed to find. Uh, I mean, what what is the style of play that Wellens maybe adopted this season? Maybe compared to last season, is he kind of carried that on, or is he kind of just slightly changed his tune, being in a, a league above?
2: Well, he tried his best to keep the exact same formation, exact same style of play. We played a four two three one last year. Um, but a lot of that was down to Archibald and Smith on the wings last season. We didn't have a starting out-and-out out number nine with Charlie Kelman, like of GPR. we had Aaron Drennan and sort of had the two of them alternating as a striker um, with either Ross Tiviu or George Moncur in the 10 behind them. Uh, this season, as I said, a few injuries up front, losing Paul Smith. Uh, and then early on in the season, we had some bad defeats, just conceded quite a few goals, and then we shortly switched to fives at the back and it worked for a period of time because we had Theo Archibald on one wing back and uh, Jordan Graham on the other wing back who sadly uh, had some cruciate ligament damage at at Burton away and is out for the rest of the season. So that sort of uh, disheartened the hopes of the five at the back. So since then, he's probably been alternating between the two two for me. Picture the scene.
0: All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee
2: and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. ...that I've said, and uh, 343 probably is the most accurate because uh, we haven't really been going with the number 10. Um, mm. Even though if you if you watch the games, it looks like we have got a 10, but they've sort of been pushing up towards the, the higher end of the pitch because we don't have a – every striker we seem to have, we don't really have a poacher. Um, we've got Joe Piggott, who's a target man who makes runs off the ball, likes to be on the ball. We've got Ross Tiriu, who plays up front but also plays in 10, plays out wide. We've got Aaron Drennan. Again, you can lump the ball to him. He'll hold it up. Uh, but Ross Terry, he, he has got seven goals this season. He's a good finisher. Yeah. But the other, oh, we've also got Shaq Ford alone from Watford, who's come up with a couple of important goals this season. But we don't have that number nine that always pops up with the goals that you need. And I think when you're in a team whose main goal is to survive... It's something that we've all been desperately crying out for. And to be fair, we cried out for last season as well. Luckily, just the pure attacking talent we had with Smith and Archibald sort of provided us the goal that we needed. We won the league. Paul Smith was our top goal scorer, and I think he had 11 league goals. Um, Ross yeah. Terry's already on seven, but there's still a massive gap in in quality up front.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've touched on him there. I was going to bring it up. I mean, you, you lost a couple of players last year. Uh, well, going into this season um, that were quite pivotal. I mean, through our mutual friend Aminor and, and the, I know the chance that you guys have uh, brought, uh, brought up throughout the time. I mean, him going to uh, Queen's Park Rangers. I mean, your goalkeeper, Vigoro, was always a, a big one. Um, the way you um, played out from the back, uh, now bringing goal. Is players, when you come up from uh, League Two, title winning season, that were f- fundamental? That means then that they do get looked at from teams above. they move on. Um, that Holding on to those players um, can re- be really, really hard. And obviously that can be detrimental to, to you guys who are trying and then to then just survive uh, this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, Vigaru was was the big one. We wanted Smith to stay, but as soon as we heard QPR, we were interested in him. It was a no-brainer because he didn't want to leave QPR in the first place. But yeah. Vigaru, it was all sort of hush-hush. He was linked with Charlton. Uh, He was linked with a a couple of championship sides, ended up going to Burnley. And I mean, Lawrence Vigarou, completely not a gentleman and 100% the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at Leighton since I started going, uh, was the best goalkeeper in the league last season and probably the season before that. Player of the year three years in a row. I mean, Mm. his accolades in in three and a half years at Orient was just spectacular. Every full season he played, he got player of the year. Um, You have to be special to do that. And uh, we were lucky in 2021 that even signed an extension then. Um, Managed to hang on to him. And if we're being realistic, he is the reason we got promoted last season. I'm not saying it was a one-man team, but some of the saves he made, uh, you know, got the golden glove, you know, the amount of just crucial moments defensively um, that just pop into mind whenever I think of last season, he was just so, so important. And losing him was the first sign of how good we were last season and yeah. how different the squad will be because we've, as you mentioned, we've got Bryn on loan from Middlesbrough um, and, you know, fans, as soon as he signed, wanted to compare him to Vigarou and it's not fair on Vigarou or Bryn because no matter who we got in, unless we somehow got Jordan Pickford or Nick Pope in, they were <laughs> never going to be at the level of yeah. the Um So immediately criticism got on his back and you know, a lot of people within the Orient community know me for getting on Bryn's back quite a lot, but even I can sit here and say it's not fair on the chap to be compared to somebody who won us promotion uh, when Bryn yeah. was in the same league last season and was mid table with Swindon.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just want to touch on uh, in in just a moment about how close the club is and the fan base and the team, and just something that I found quite amusing with uh, with, with yourself in your cover photo on Twitter, which I will bring up in a bit. But um, when um, you look at Derby trying to pose a threat, I mean, we we're coming to an unknown entity that we haven't played. Um, I don't think in a very long while, if ever, I don't know when the last meeting was between our two clubs. Um, I'll have to go back in the history books. But yeah, that'd um... be a
2: first or second division <laughs> tie in the seventies or something. Yeah, if there is one. But I know um... we have played. We have definitely played before because the only team in the football league we had never played before coming into the season was Burn. Um, right. <laughs> we had never ever played Burn before, but that means we've definitely played you before. Don't know when. Could be before World War Two, but
1: yeah. We'll go pre, pre, pre-war dates. Um, but, I yeah. mean, if Derby fans coming this weekend, making the travel, um, are going to um, get behind something and see something that we might be able to pose a threat, what would that be? I mean, what, what have teams managed to uh, pick um, with the with the O's this season that Derby might be able to get on the back of?
2: <laughs> it's The problem is it's not a might, it's a will, and it's set pieces. <laughs> we... And I'm not trying to disrespect anyone at the club, but we have been absolutely abysmal at defending set pieces this season. I guess at least a third, if not half, of the goals we've conceded have come from corners or set pieces, or even headers cleared to the edge of the box from corners. I mean, just it's just airily, spatially, there's so much space for opposition strikers and halves. Um even when we play with five at the back and we have a big lad up front and you'd think we'd have the numbers to be able to clear set pieces, but just so many goals that we've... And I think we have only scored one. We scored a late equaliser against Bristol Rovers from set piece and that was an own goal. So it wasn't mm-hmm. even down to to much of our doing. But, I mean, we have been... And it's weird because last season we were quite good from set pieces. We've got centre-half, who unfortunately is injured at the moment, Omar Beckles. Uh, he always used to dominate in both boxes uh, and he yeah. used to get a few goals from it as well and this season just the amount of times balls come into the box and i've sort of clinched myself and i've gone that's going in and sometimes <laughs> it does sometimes it doesn't but it's just just the fear of every time the opposition gets at peace you, you'd rather just give them the goal because it's just yeah. you can ex- see exactly what's gonna happen because it happens week in week out and um Let's be fair here. Derby don't have to, the way Orient have been playing, Derby don't have to be at their best. If you can get the set pieces, if you can get your wingers in behind um, and get yourself a couple of corners, get yourself a free kick, you will score one of them because that's the way our season has been going at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get on the back of that, but at the moment we can't score from set pieces for Toffee. So oh, I, think we're, <laughs> I think we're all good. We're in for a nil-nil, um, then. Nil, <laughs> yeah, we're in for a nil-nil away, uh, away trip, um, which I don't think anyone who's travelling down would will uh, watch enjoy, but especially in this weather. Um, but, I mean, I did bring up slightly, uh, and I will just touch on it, you don't see many fan bases going to uh, pre-season tours and having photos with the team. I mean, that is absolutely brilliant with how a club and a fan base should connect. I mean, just touch on me for that. I mean, the way a club and a fan base should connect is that the fans and the manager and the team feel as one and that's when something you feel you can get behind. I mean, how did that come about? Um I think most clubs should be really looking to adopt this uh, and really, really get in that culture between the fan base and the and the team going uh, much more. Uh, I think Derby's one of them um, and, and a lot more clubs and um, within the league will probably agree. Um, but I mean, just touch on how, how that came about and how the fan base and the team are at the moment and um, with you guys.
2: Well, I mean, it all started in 2018 when the club was taken over. Uh, by Nigel Travis and Kent Teague, and one of the immediate things they did was the previous owner before them had destroyed the, the confidence between the the club uh, and the fan base and since then there's been a pre-season tour every year uh, either in the Algarve in Portugal or in Marbella in Spain uh, that picture that you're referring to was this year in Spain and it's just the sort of thing where me and my mates just go, we want to go on holiday we'll go to Spain and just so happened to in it there, and that night uh, they do a thing called Meet the Players Night, and it was in a golf club. Um, it was a bar. You, you, if anyone has been to Spain, you know how cheap the drinks are, and it's just all <laughs> evening through to nearly midnight. We were still there, um, mm. just chatting away. coaching staff having a beer with us. Players obviously sticking to the to the Fanta Lemons for the time being because they had a game the next morning against Charlton. But yeah, and then free entry to the friendly the next morning. Um, you know, Players get a bit of training in a new environment. And then, you know, there wasn't a single player there that night that we were there that didn't want to speak to people. Even the young lads that were the same age as me, they were still up for having a chat about how the season was last season, about this season, even just the sort of thing of, you know how nice the weather is just small talk as if you're chatting to your mates and for the yeah. time being you, you forget that these are the people you spend hundreds of pounds on you know every couple of weeks and uh it's, it's nice it's refreshing and i'd like to think that the club does have a really good fan base um and a really good connection with the fan base it does implode every now and again it's it's sort of imploding at the moment obviously we on a bad streak but that'll be mended because there will always be a few fans that will moan a bit more than usual. There'll always be a few fans that are a bit overly optimistic, shall we say. And I think it's nice to have a fan base with both sides and have a medium and then you go on a good win streak and everyone's up here. You go on a lose streak, everyone's down there. It happens in every fan base. But, you know, players players are all in anyway that I've known uh, aren't going to shy away from it, win, lose or draw.
1: Brilliant. And I mean, I think a lot of uh, clubs um, should should take that mantra. I mean, um, it was just something that really popped up to me that I haven't seen before. And I think a lot of clubs uh, and and fan bases should look to that as as something to adopt. Going into this weekend, if you were going to put a a score on it, we'll we'll finish on a score prediction. Um, What are you going for, pal? And uh, if you are going to have a goal scorer this weekend, who who are you pipping?
2: Uh, <laughs> I'd go for. I'm gonna be optimistic here, and it's gonna say a lot. This is optimistic because if you're at, if you guys are at your best, it could be a cricket score. Um, but the way I'll go, I'll go optimistic. I'll say two nil derby, and that's optimistic.
1: Right, that is a yep. first. I mean, I guess saying a, a derby win. I don't know if I, if, if that's gonna jinx me now and go if I go for a draw. Um. I'll go 1-0, I'll go smash and grab we'll go for a set-piece goal uh, and let's say that, I don't know um, James Collins scores it, I don't know Um, right thank you very much Liam for coming on um, and and giving up your time Um, I'm I'm sure um, I'll hear about your uh, your antics uh, this weekend Uh, have a great game and have a a, a safe travels going and uh, as I say, we'll hopefully um, come around with a a win for Derby but uh, if not And we'll uh, we'll see see if any of our predictions are minutely close,
2: Bob. Cheers. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Cheers, Bob.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.